Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you. Today, you're going to hear from Chaz Jackson. He's currently a motivational speaker, podcast host, author, married. They have two beautiful daughters, but more than that, just an incredible man of God, a powerful testimony. I can't wait for you to hear from him. So let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Chaz. We are God's echo. Thank you for having me, Stuart. You bet. So I always like to start this out with giving the listeners a little bit of a of your background, a little bit of your story. So if you don't mind, just kind of start off with you know a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, your family growing up, and then your family today. Yes, yeah, sir. I'll love to dive deep a little bit more on that. So grew up in Forest City, North Carolina. A lot of people don't know where that is. <laughs> Very small town in North Carolina. I always related to Charlotte, so about an hour away from Charlotte. Uh, grew up in a blended family, so my mom and dad wasn't married, so uh, along the way, step-parents. On my dad's side, I had two older brothers. God, um, you know, back in 2016, I actually lost my older brother, so uh, God rest mm-hmm. his soul. Uh, on my mom's side, I have uh, two younger uh, siblings, a brother and a sister. <clears throat> and at the age of seven, my mom, she battled with drug and alcohol addiction. So at the age of seven, I actually went to go live with my grandmother. So, uh, and there my, uh, she helped raise me and my cousin. So kind of give you a little picture. I kind of had the little triangle, mm-hmm. uh, family blended family, uh, in real time, 2020, I'm, a I'm married seven years uh, to my best friend, Amy. She gave me two wonderful daughters, uh, Zuri and Mila, five and two, and just passionate about, uh, you know, pouring into young people as far as leadership goes. And yeah, uh, throughout, throughout my, my gifting of growing up in Carolina was a three sport athlete, uh, really focused on football, was able to go and play at the collegiate level. So, uh, kind of bounce around there a little bit. Hopefully you get a good understanding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll, t- we'll get to your sports um, in, in, in just one moment. But you talked about, you know, the grew up in a blended families and, you know, mom, dad, and, and grandmother playing a part in that. So what, what, what role did faith play in your upbringing? Was it a family of faith? And then at what point, though, did you – make that decision personal that, Hey, I need that relationship with Jesus is, you know, I can't rely on someone else's faith or just going to church. You know, what point did you make it yours? That's the awesome question. So let's take those three families. Faith was in all of those families. I knew, I knew the concept of God, Jesus. It was a little stronger in certain households. So like in my, my dad's household, he was a part of the church. He was a little stronger there. Um, I know I mentioned with my mom and battling with the alcohol drug addiction in that household, you know, the concept was there, but it wasn't lived out, you know, and my grandmother, uh, she didn't necessarily have any of those strongholds, but, and, and the whole concept of faith was there, but again, uh, you know, in church versus out of church, it wasn't walked out in on a daily basis. So for me growing up, it was, you know, I can remember, uh, Reldon Staley, God rest his soul. We actually lost him two weeks ago. Me walking up to the pew, getting saved. I remember at the age of 13, getting baptized. 
uh, at South Mountain Christian Camp, which that's in Boston, North Carolina. But again, uh, the action was there. The concept was there. But uh, the whole walk in my journey, you know, that relationship that, you know, that for me being a follower of Christ right now, I feel like that's the most important thing because at times we can seek the religion, the religious aspect, excuse me. And again, thinking about my childhood growing up, that relationship wasn't solid. And it actually didn't become solid until May of 2012. Uh, I remember Stuart waking to a car horn and this was a life changing event for me. Uh, I was behind the wheel of my girlfriend's car, uh, seconds away from a head-on collision. I remember turning my wheel to the right, crashing into a gate. I was arrested on site. I was actually drinking and driving, Stuart. And this was a little turmoil. This was a a life-changing event, again, uh, what I was referring to. And it took me actually going into a rehabilitation clinic um, to actually truly surrender to God. So I marked that to actually be my true salvation. Again, I have been saved, but it took me getting into a broken state to actually listen to God and really begin to put the pieces back together. And again, it wasn't an easy process, but God put amazing people around me and I was just willing to put Jesus first and all of my decisions after that moment uh, moving towards in 2012, all the way up to 2020, and and my life began to change. That's awesome, and we'll talk more about that um, a little bit later. But I want to go back to, you know, kind of set the stage with some sports. Uh, you said you played collegiately, so you did play. You played at Western Carolina. Uh, so talk this, about being recruited, and and what led you to Western Carolina. Amazing story, <laughs> awesome question. So let's just even go back to ninth grade, <laughs> me walking into East Rutherford High School, school in Boston, North Carolina. My coach, Coach Cosby, he was a huge hope factor. So, again, me going through life with some inconsistency, there was times where, you know, a lot of traumas and dramas went on. A lot of things didn't truly add up for me. And I didn't have that consistent hope in my life. And I mark him as being one of those hope factors for me. And I remember walking in ninth grade year into the gymnasium and I seen this guy the first time I ever seen him. And he had on a full orange jumpsuit and it was a Clemson jumpsuit. And at this time I was a huge Clemson fan. And I, I remember going up to him and I said, man, I'm going to play there, man. That's where I'm going to school. And I say that he was a whole factor because, you know, I had said that to some other people in the past and, you know, they just kind of like, ah, okay. But there was no doubt in his mind when he told me, he said, Chaz, if you work hard, you can play here. So um, so he was a huge mentor for me, uh, someone that truly believed in me, and I worked hard for that. So fast forward into uh, the end of my junior year, I was going into my senior year, he actually assisted me with going to a Clemson football camp. And I was striving towards that dream <laughs> of playing at Clemson University and I remember being at that camp, had an amazing camp. And I actually met Matt Rule, the head football coach uh, for the Carolina Panthers at the camp. And, you know, he had came up to me. And at this time, he was at Western Carolina University. And he was telling me, he's like, man, you had a phenomenal camp. 
And he said these words to me at the time, you know, I just, it kind of went in one ear and out the other because I was a hundred percent coming to Clemson. That's what I've been focusing on. That's what I was laying in my grandmother's, uh, <laughs> you know, trailer in my twin size bed, dreaming every night of playing and coming down, uh, that hill off in uh, Death Valley, you know, that, that was my ultimate dream. But he told me, he said, if anything happens and you don't come to Clemson, I will push hard to get you a scholarship to come to Western Carolina University. But again, went in one ear, out the other, came back from that camp, uh, you know, Clemson, that was pretty much like, let's see how your senior year goes and we'll see if we can get you a spot. So uh, senior year came, Started out well, played running back and linebacker in, in uh, high school. And third game of the season, got injured. Um, mm. Fractured my lower leg. Um, a lot of that hope, a lot of that that whole trust that my dream is going to come true, man, it, it started to get a little shaky. It started to get broken. And, uh, and I, I kind of seen my chances to go to Clemson wither away a little bit. But another person that installed hope into me, was a physical therapist and his name was Brandon. Uh, at the time I couldn't wait bear on land. So he had got me in aquatic therapy and he kind of gave me that same look steward that coach Cosby gave me my ninth grade year. When I said I wanted to go to Clemson at that time, I was like, man, am I going to get to go play collegiate football? Because, you know, my grades was average. You know, I wasn't, <laughs> you know, I wasn't a complete eight student or anything. So, and coming from a poverty background, I knew my parents couldn't really pay for me to go to school. So that was, that was my ticket, you know? And, and he looked at me similar to the way coach Cosby looked at me. And he said, Chaz, if you do everything I tell you to do, as far as rehabilitation goes, I can get you back on that field. And I did everything he said. He, he gave me hope and I got back. Unfortunately, Clemson kind of backed off on me because I was a small town talent. Uh, having that injury, they kind of moved on. But guess who called me come signing day? <laughs> Western Carolina. Uh, Matt, Matt Rule called me. Matt Rule called me. I went on a visit. And again, when it, it, it's funny how God works. You know, some things that you don't pay attention to, it always comes back around and work out in your favor. And, and even though, even at this period, I, I wasn't truly cultivating a relationship with God, but uh, I feel like that was a God thing there to put Matt Rule at that football camp at Clemson and to give me that opportunity to go and play at Western. So, so that's kind of the, a little, the shorter version of that whole journey to making it to Western Carolina University. That's awesome. And, you know, living here in Texas and being married to a Baylor graduate, you know, we <laughs> had fell in love with Matt Rule for, you know, the, the three years he was here. And so that, that's awesome to hear because um, I didn't even know that he had a history at Western Carolina. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah. you know, that's just awesome to see a coach like that, that remembered you from a previous camp. And like you said, uh, was a hope dealer basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and you know what, What's funny about those two individuals, <laughs> Coach Cosby and Brandon, even kind of backing up. In my book, Live, Learn, Lead, Powerfully, I talk about discovering passion. And when I talk about passion, when, when you surround yourself around passionate people, they leave residue on you, right? They leave a factor in your heart. And it's funny, you know, at the age of 33, I, I'm doing 
some of the things that they're doing right now. I'm certified in physical therapy and, you know, I had opportunity to coach uh, football. So, you know, <laughs> it's funny how other people pour hope onto you. And I feel like this, this amazing uh, analogy about Jesus of how he pours hope onto you and you can't help but to share what he's done for your life. So um, I'm, I'm writing that down. Jesus pours hope onto you and you can't help but share. I love that. Yeah. And so, I mean, you talked about now, I mean, football's over, you know, a few years after that is when this life-changing event in 2012. So after that, you know, that's what brought you really to Jesus was that 2012 deal. Yes. So at what point after that, did you feel God calling you into um, like a full-time I'll use the word ministry as a speaker, you know, talk about that transition from the 2012 life life changing event to, you know, sensing God's call into, into ministry. So for me, the more I began to seek God and understand that he asks things once you seek him, you know, Matthew 6, 33 is popping in my head. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added on to you. So uh, again, whenever transition and when I truly surrender and allow Jesus to take over my life, things didn't get easy. You know, it's kind of like I use all this analogy with young people a lot. It's a computer. You know, when you first get a computer, it runs super fast. Right. And over time, when you begin to download stuff on that computer, or let's say if you look at something that has a, you know, tons of, uh, of bad stuff or cookies on it, and it leaves uh, bad viruses on your computer, your computer begins to slow down, right? But, and using it as an analogy uh, for individual, life can happen. You know, me growing up, and I call it emotional baggage. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty much things, dramas, and trauma situations that happen. I talk a lot about some of those things in my book that caused Chaz to act out and, and to not truly walk fruitfully and make good decisions. And, and when I'm talking about emotional baggage, uh, I'm referring to problems without solutions, if that makes sense. So I had a ton of problems that happened that was just kind of, you know, stuck into a file inside of Chaz that was never truly dealt with. And over time, you know, that baggage just got heavier and heavier and heavier. And then I latched on to other things whenever I couldn't carry that bag instead of latching on to Jesus at that time, because, you know, I, I had a good concept of him, but I didn't truly know who he was. So and some of the things I, I latched on to was drinking. I latched on to, you know, bad relationships. Um, you know, I latched on to sports, to be honest with you. Um, you know, as much as I love football, that sports helped carry that emotional baggage because and what it did was it distracted me from what was truly going on you know, in my childhood and it, and, you know, it gave me a safe place to, you know, be able to not have to think about it as much. So, you know, fast forward. And as I began to open up that emotional bag, right. And share things, that's, that's kind of how that rehabilitation, one of the biggest things is me actually sharing, because I grew up in a culture where, you know, it, it was looked down upon for a man to truly share his feelings or truly share things that was going on, you know. And, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of the listeners can relate to that or you even, Stuart, can relate to that. 
Oh know, yeah. As, again, as far as yes, yeah, men. men don't share, don't don't <laughs> share feelings, right? You got to be tough. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and that was the identity, you know, when things went wrong, you know, you just had to be tough. But over time, that creates brokenness. And to kind of get into your question, as I began to open up that bag and share things and really dive into God's word and truly understand who I am in Christ. Again, how I mentioned earlier, you know, as I began to get my hope from Jesus and learn who I am. Uh, being the image of God, knowing that I have a leadership spirit inside of me because God is the ultimate leader. There's no one that's in front of him. He's leading us. And understand as I activate that spirit of leadership through learning God's word and learning laws and learning values and learning principles uh, from my most favorite book, the Bible, you know, I began to get these thoughts and feelings like, Hey, I need to share this. I need to share this. I need to share this. And at the time, you know, I was a guy that truly didn't know how to put himself out there, be on stages. And I fought it for a while, but in 2016, uh, gift in a gift was, uh, actually born. And I started loading up, you know, YouTube videos on things that I was reading in scripture or, you know, analogies or things that God put on my heart. And as I began to continue to do that and surround myself around good people, and I just want to pause for a moment and recognize one individual that without them, I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. And that's my wife, Amy. You know, she mm-hmm. she's the MVP. I have to say that because uh, dating back to that that car crash that I was referring to earlier, she said something that really ignited. So that was a life-changing experience, but there was words that she said and she's one of those other people that gave me hope. You know, my lawyer told her that she needs to leave me because the road that I'm going down, you know, I'm going to be dragging her into even more negative state emotionally, physically. And she told me that I didn't hear him say that, but she told me that. And I said, why don't you leave me? Amy? like, why are you sticking around? And she said something that was life changing to me. She said, I'm sticking around because I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And, and that helped change me. That helped ignite the God like individual inside of me and and allowed me to truly see what God was wanting to reveal to me and who I am capable of being. So that's what I'm passionate about with GNG, with uh, publishing books, with getting around young people is, letting them know that I see something in them that they don't see in themselves. And that's the journey that I'm on. So. So you, before we hit record, we talked about the gift and a gift and what that means. Could you give the listeners like a real quick 25,000 foot, (laughs) 30 second elevator pitch of your podcast GNG? Yes, sir. So the model for GNG is we are all gifted differently to make a difference. I truly believe that you have a gift. I have a gift. And there are certain things that you're going to be able to do. There are certain people that you're going to be able to impact that Chaz Jackson's not going to be able to impact. And, and one of the quickest analogies uh, to explain gift and a gift is think about a present. We just passed Christmas. Oh, each and every one of you had good holidays. But, you know, Thinking about physically, when you hand someone a gift wrapped up with a bow on it, that is a gift. You know, in scripture, 
you know, it, it talks about us being earthling vessels. So physically, we're our vessel. And, you know, we, we can have the ability to be a conduit for God once we tap into his word and, and get a great understanding of who we are. But again, inside of that gift, going back to that present, there is a gift, right? That there's something that you purchase for an individual, someone purchased for you, that once you unravel, you know, take that paper, take that bow off, there is a gift inside. And I truly believe we all have a leadership spirit. And, and it talks about that in the you know, in the second, in the first and second chapter in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, you know, we are uh, created in God's image and that's that leadership spirit. And I'm passionate about uh, helping people, you know, activate that spirit of leadership by learning what God's laws is, what, what is God's principles and values uh, that's, you know, foretold in the Bible and how can we manifest and have an influence on our generation and the next generation to come, you know, and lastly, you know, I, I'll say the paragraph for that. I say on my show is I want people to take the daily challenge with me of becoming a passionate visionary who is determined to leave a legacy for themselves by adopting unwavering life values and serving others in the area of gifting led by God. So, that is the paragraph. That is the meat of GNG. I would die saying that. That's that's what I believe. And I'm on fire about that. So and I love getting around other people that want to serve. And because I believe that's what God calls us to do. We're supposed to serve our gift once we truly tap into learn what that is. And I love that. I love how you conclude that paragraph with serving others. Because that's I mean, we talk about, you know what God has called us to be, what God has called us to do. And, you know, your gifts and talents are different than mine. Just like my story is different than your story. That's the beauty of different podcast shows is because we all have a story. And, you know, to your point, we all have a gift, but the one thing that is the same for all of us, and that's the call to serve. Mm, exactly. You know, and I, I love that. So if someone's listening um, and like me, they're so fired up about the 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 gift and a gift. They're they they love your story, they love your passion, and they and they want to get in contact with you about you know speaking at something. Um, how would how would they do that? Yes, I would love to share that information. You can do that by searching on my website. You can reach me at chasjacksonspeaks.org. You also can. Um, find me on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, mostly all the social media sites at, at Chaz Jackson Speaks. Also, I would like to even lead a little tip that's on my website. Any of my parents, teachers, coaches are looking for three ways to motivate any student. There is some information, uh, a short and sweet ebook that's on that website. So check that out. And uh, yeah. At Chaz Jackson Speaks, that's one of the best ways to to link up with me. Also, this powerhouse guy right here, Stuart Hardy, <laughs> he knows how to get in contact with me. So uh, any way I can help serve and add value to you, I am very passionate about doing it. That's awesome. And I will, just for the listeners, I'm, and if you click on the show notes, when you're listening to this, I'll, I'll put uh, his website and social media in that. So you mentioned your wife. And in the very beginning, you mentioned two little girls. So um, there's a lot going on in your life. Um, so how Most do you definitely. balance all of that with being a husband and a dad? 
That is a really good question. <laughs> and I think one of the, <laughs> that's a really good question. As sometimes, you know, that that's, that's tough. You know, I think, I think one of the biggest things for me is starting my day before life actually starts, if that makes sense. So, you know, my, one of my routines is, is I, I wake up, I, I go through my affirmations, work out, I dive into God's word. That for me, me getting clarity and accomplishing that before my kids wake up, before my wife gets going, before I have to go, you know, work or whatever God's calling me to do. I feel like that's the very most important thing is to truly just get grounded and really start my day off with being with God, if that makes sense. Um, also, I think one of the biggest things that truly helped me is understanding to not take things so personally, <laughs> mm. you know, because there's times where my kids, they can be going crazy and, you know, uh, chaos can be going on. Everyone goes through it, being a parent, uh, you know, adjusting. We just actually just moved here to Texas from North Carolina. So, you know, that whole transition of uprooting and, and getting grounded here in Fort Worth, Texas, that really shook up our, our whole world, but understanding not to take things so personally and taking things one day at a time, being in the moment. And that's one of the, and I'm speaking to myself, you know, just being in the moment on things and, and having patience uh, because sometimes you, there's a million things that can be going on in Chad Jackson's mind that needs to be done. This has to get done. I have to send this email. I've had to do this podcast interview. I have to go work this amount of time at the physical therapy clinic. I have to do this for the church. I have to spend time with my wife. I have to play with my kids, but just realizing it's come back to the ground and being in the moment and whatever God is showing me in front of me to really just stay focused on that because you know, with all the chaos and I didn't even mention COVID-19 and the pandemic, <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's a whole nother animal, but this really focusing and, and understanding. I, I love this quote. It's trapped inside of every circumstance is a hidden lesson. So whatever circumstance that I'm in, what trying to seek and see what God is showing me in that situation. So. So you, you talk about being in the moment, you talked about COVID-19, you talked about, um, recently relocating here to Fort Worth, Texas, which to me um, is a story that needs to be told um, inside of everything you just said is kind of unpacking that story because there wasn't a job that brought you to Fort Worth. There wasn't a family member that brought you to Fort Worth. It was you being plugged into the local church in North Carolina, connecting with one of the staff members who is from, um, had relocated to North Carolina a few years ago, um, is coming back to Fort Worth to plant a church. So you uproot your family from home to come to Fort Worth, Texas with a guy who's going to plant a church. <laughs> so walk us through that process because that is really, you know, I've, ever since we connected, a, you know, four or five weeks ago, I've been thinking about that a lot um, because just that story alone, because that to me is the testimony of your faith. The fact that you're willing to not just you move um, or you and your wife move, but, you know, two little girls um, and y'all move, you know, four or five states away, not for a job, but to plant a church. So kind of walk us through that, you know, in the Jackson house. Um, how did that go down in wow. the middle of a pandemic? I'm telling you, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? To, to, to this day, you know, I, I still, I'm still wild by it all. Just go back to the beginning of this year. So let's go to spring of this year. Um, and COVID had just recently been announced. Uh, I get a call. I was at work at the time, uh, working physical therapy. I missed that call and got another one. It was from my pastor here now, Matt Kendrick. He had already moved. He was in Fort Worth. And let's even go back to some back end story of when he was in North Carolina. I knew who he was. He was the camp. He was a campus pastor at Biltmore. And if, if you're familiar with Biltmore church at all, you probably not, but there's, there's a lead pastor and then there's campus pastors and we, there's different locations. So he, so I knew pretty much who the lead pastor was. Um, he being affiliated with the youth ministry. I was a deacon at the church. Um, Matt was, he was the campus pastor. I knew who he was, but I would only really talk to him in passing. Okay. Um, I knew who his wife was, but we never really hung out. He wasn't someone that we grabbed lunch all the time or my kids knew who his kids was or my wife knew who his wife, you know, was. So just kind of give you a little background on that. We wasn't like best friends and, but I knew who he was and he, and he had my number and he called me and again, I missed his call, but I, I did get a second call. This was a couple of days later and he told me, Complain this day like this, do he said, I don't know why I'm calling you, Chaz, but I do, I do have an idea of why I'm calling you for, because I'm about to plant a church. But the idea of calling you, it's just something that God's been like, I've been thinking about so much mm. that God wanted me to call you. I know we're not, you know, the best of friends or anything, but God wanted me to ask you to come down here and help me plant this church. And I want you to talk with your wife about it. And, and, and I, and it kind of blew my mind and I kind of got cold chills about it again, because, you know, I knew of Matt, but I didn't, you know, we wasn't super close if that makes sense. So, you know, I, I remember, you know, I was actually working at this clinic half the day and I was going to a different clinic and, and on my way to transition to the other one, I stopped by the house to uh, relay <laughs> the conversation. Cause I was like, man, it's not something I just can call and tell her, but I knew, I need to talk to a person about this. And I remember this sharing that, that similar uh, message that I just shared about our conversation as far as me and Matt goes. And I kid you not, Stuart, she just started crying. She started crying and she was just like, let's pray about that. And, and kind of going back on even on that story, I traveled and we stayed in Texas for a little while. And I'm going to try to make this story not super long. <laughs> There's so many parts to this. Like, we could talk for an hour about this. But going back to the traveling aspect. So this was around, you know, the 2017. And we was in Texas. We was in Beaumont, Texas. And we was looking to stay in Houston. And I remember it being a week before I had to re, uh, renew my contract, a three-month contract. And what I was going to do was renew that contract. And then I was going to find a job in Houston because that's where we want to go. But I start praying. I said, guys, give me a red flag if I should stay here or if I should go back uh, to North Carolina. Give me a red flag if I should go back to North Carolina. I kid you not. I prayed that prayer on a Friday and that Saturday it started to rain. And <laughs> it's crazy, man, because that's when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston. And so we took that as, as a sign to come back and to North Carolina. 
And but that whole that whole dynamic was in our mind. We really liked it, Texas. And man, my wife mm. would always joke. We would always joke about man, we're gonna go back to Texas one day. We're gonna go back. We're gonna go back. But again, going back to that whole story of Matt calling me, telling my wife, she weeped a little and, and we went into prayer. I prayed that same prayer. I said, God, show me red flags while not to do this. And I was coming up with all kinds of stuff, family, you know, move my girl, saw my families in North Carolina. I was coming up with, hey man, we need to sell this house. You know, is both of the cars are going to make it down there. We don't have any job. Like, like we don't have a job in, in Texas. Uh, you know, I have to renew my license to work in Texas. And we don't really know anybody in Texas. So many things was coming up, but I kid you not, more doors is opening up for us to come to Texas. Like in our neighborhood in North Carolina, I'm sure I got where houses have been on the market for months, Stuart. Our house sold in three weeks. <laughs> wow. And it was something that needed to happen for us to move. We had to sell that house because financially for us to move here, it wasn't going to happen. You know, for us to get a house here, the amount of money that they was asking for, for us to put a down payment on the house was unreal. And we didn't have the money for it. But I shared my story of what we was doing with that real, real estate or that builder. And he called his boss and his boss cut the price in half and was like, look, you give us this amount of money and we'll figure out the rest. Like little things like that was happening along the way that was doors just opening up for us to come down here. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of the whole spiel. And, and it, and it really put a period that we wanted to come. We had came down over the summer just to visit with Matt. I mentioned my kids never met their kids, you know, us spending time. But when we walked into that house, my kids, you know, they're, they're, they're somewhat standoff with people that they don't know. But they rented that house like they knew him forever, man. And we mm. just jailed. We just jailed, man. Like, my daughters ran up to Matt. Like, it was crazy, man. Like, I was just like, man, this is something that should happen. And I mean, jobs came available, you know, during a pandemic. Like, it was clinics that didn't have patients. But, you know, the clinic that I'm working at right now, you know, they're faith-based and and you can actually pray with patients on the floor. That's a place that I never, medical clinic, that never uh, been the situation in North Carolina. But, you know, I've got planted somewhere. My wife has found work. And gosh, man, this is so much. Man, I can talk for hours about this. But so many stories where God showed up <laughs> whenever we was uh, having those doubts. And, and it's just having that faith and just really seeking that faith. And it kind of goes back to seeking God and he add things Matthew 6, 33, man, that was really something that I really stuck into my heart is, you know, seek his kingdom. I was seeking his kingdom by moving here to plant that church and all the other things, jobs, uh, making sure the vehicles made it here safely, houses, you know, all those things kind of fell into place along the way. So, and, and again, it's easier said than done, believe me, but uh, God, God's always showed up for us um, throughout this process here. And I love that story because it's such an encouragement to, for me, um, because, you know, when, when God calls us to, to, to go somewhere to do something, it doesn't always mean relocating, but, you know, it's, it's easy to find excuses and reasons why we shouldn't. Um, so, so to me, I, I love that story. It's just such a testimony of just being open and obedient to God. Um, so let me, you've mentioned Matthew six thirty three several times. So I know that, that, that scripture is a big part of your life, but was there a scripture or two that really during this COVID period, especially after that phone call with Matt, that you and your wife just dug into and clung to that helped you get through 
or walk through the process of God moving y'all here? Mm, that was a really good question. So, yeah, that was a really big one for me. Um, I, I also, you know, I, I will say in book of Proverbs, mm-hmm. you know, Proverbs um, chapter three, verses five is, you know, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. Because at COVID, this pandemic, this something in history has never happened. There's never been a time in history where something has impacted the whole globe. And and us seeking understanding on that, I mean, it, it's very foreign for us, right? As far as what our faith, uh, what our jobs, what our relationships and our communities, uh, a, a lot of that stuff was kind of shaken up. But understanding the trust in the Lord, and that's what makes it so so beautiful us being men of faith and, and being Christ followers is we're asking Jesus to show up and do things that he's famous for, right? <laughs> Like he, he he's famous. He's a hope giver. He he's he's the person or 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 a light that can shine in all darkness. So, gosh, man, that popped in my head just now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. And I know that uh, you know that kind of aligns with with uh, Matthew six thirty three in, in some senses. Also, for me, it's really leaning on to my foundation verse, and and it's it's you know. You know, do not trust in man, mm. but you know, but to lean, but to lean on God and know that all things is possible uh, with God. So, um, you know, it, it's so easy for us to look at the news and get, you know, building more emotional baggage on that end. But, you know, or situations or circumstances or even for us for this move, you know, there was so many people that was like, well, why would you want to move? You have a good job here. You have a good house here. Your church is well here. You're already planted and rooted. And there was so many things that was just comfortable for us, right? But, you know, that was us leaning on the visual. That was us leaning on men or man uh, from that verse. And and for me, with this whole COVID ideal, I was able to truly dial in and understand and hear God's voice. And and he wanted us to, to uproot and move. And and I think one of the biggest things is having my wife on board with that. And she was totally on board for that. You know, my my daughters, you know, <laughs> you know, they're five and two. So as long as you got candy and, you know, some, you know, a, a park or something like that, you know, they're good to go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was that was some of the some of the key things that me and her we really leaned on for sure. That's awesome. So as a little side note, what's the name of the church? Redemption City. Church of Fort Redemption Worth. City. I love yeah, that. Redemption City Church of Fort Worth. So yeah, definitely check that out. Keep that together. Redemption City Church of Fort Worth.org. And that can kind of give you a little bit more of the vision and mission of that church. Um, you know, we, you know, even thinking about Fort Worth in general, you know, it's the third fastest growing city, <clears throat> you know, last year in this country. And you know, in the next 18 months, there's looking to be 30,000 people to come to this area, just in Fort Worth. And when you think about a church plant, you know, over eight, like the statistics showed over this past year, 81% of people in Fort Worth don't go to church. And for me, whenever I really look at that and me being someone that wants to create disciples who make disciples, I feel like the harvest is plentiful and I feel like God has me here for a reason. 
uh, to impact that 81% as much as possible. So, uh, and to get them surrounded around God's word. That's awesome. So one last question, kind of close it out. Two words in the name of our organization. The first two words, all in. I mean, you don't, you don't have to look very far in sports to see that. I mean, you mentioned Clemson. It's on their chin straps. It's, you know, it's yeah. all over, you know, sports teams have a wristbands, T-shirts, you name it. But it's also, you know, Jesus in the Gospels is very clear that if we're going to follow him, we must be all in, right? Deny yourself. Um, take up your cross. So, but I, I want to ask you on a practical sense, like on a on a daily basis, what does it look like for you, Chaz, to be all in in your walk with Jesus? That is an amazing question to be all in with my walk with Jesus. <clears throat> I feel like it all goes back to me understanding who I am in Jesus, knowing that I am, you know, the son of God, <laughs> understanding that. Because I, I, I truly believe that once you truly understand who you are and and what your mission is, it makes you more clear. And once you're more clear with things, that will make you more focused. And the more focus you get, the more magnetic you're going to get. And the more you are likely to be more consistent on bringing value to yourself, to your family, to your community. So I feel like for me to be an all-in is for me to be bold in discovering who I am in Jesus and just walking out that walk the best way that I can. So That's awesome. I love that. I just think that's a huge, can be a huge struggle is that word identity, understanding who we are um, first. Um, you know, we're not, a, you know, we're not identified by, you know, being, for me, I'm not identified as being husband to Sarah, father to Miles, William and Anna. Those things are a part of my life. Mm. But my true identity is, being a follower of Jesus. That has to be first. I love that. That's good, man. Hey, I know it's a busy time over, over Christmas and, you know, a lot going on. So I appreciate you um, being willing to jump on and give us a glimpse of who you are and, and your story. I know I've been encouraged. Yeah. And again, thank you so much for what you're doing, Stuart, and how you're impacting coaches, parents, athletes, with this platform, it's amazing, and and I and I cannot wait to see what God's going to be doing in 2021 with All In. Thank you again to Chaz Jackson for taking time to join us to share his story and give you a glimpse of who he is and is passionate about sharing the love of Jesus, encouraging people. Um, so thank you again to Chaz. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, you were as encouraged as I. I'd also ask you to share this episode with a family member or a friend, someone that needs to be encouraged that's in your life. Um, also, I would encourage you to go check out Chaz on social media at Chaz Jackson Speaks. Also, um, check out his podcast, Gift in a Gift. I know you'll be encouraged. It's just such a powerful platform that God has given him. Thank you again for your time, for your support. The last thing I would ask you is to go check out our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the search bar. Just type in All In Sports Outreach or our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray, to serve, and to give. Thank you again. We truly appreciate your support and your prayers.